Hello and welcome to the Thriving Broad Podcast, the weekly podcast where I discover through fascinating conversations with people living an international lifestyle and relocation experts what it really takes to thrive abroad. I'm your host, Louise Wiles, an expat, repat, author and a change and transition coaching consultant and I'm fascinated by the world of international mobility and cross-cultural living. And a very warm welcome to episode 86. I'm really pleased that you're here joining me today. Now before I get into the conversation, a quick reminder for you to go to the Thriving Abroad website and register for the newsletter. And with the newsletter you will receive links to the handy show notes. Now these contain a summary of the key messages from each podcast and great questions to help you apply the content to your life all free, so don't miss out. Now today we're taking a trip to Italy and talking about what to expect and consider when planning a relocation to this beautiful country. My guests, Daniel and Isabel, moved to Italy with their Italian partners and built happy and fulfilled lives. And of course, they learned a lesson or two along the way. And they're here today to share what they think you need to know before making the jump and moving your life to Italy. Whether you're considering moving for a new job, to find a job, to study, semi-retire or totally retire, this conversation will provide a guide to the important things you need to consider. Now the content in this podcast or represented in the show notes or blog post is given for guidance purposes only and does not in any way constitute specific advice in relation to tax or legal issues. I recommend that you take professional legal, tax and financial advice before embarking on any international move. Enjoy the conversation. So I'm really pleased to be welcoming to this conversation today Isabel Gudastri and Daniel Shalito. Now, they both are living in Italy, and so this is going to be a very location-specific conversation um, because we're going to talk all about relocating to Italy and what you need to know about the experience and about Italy, the country, and and some of the overall requirements for, for internationals moving there. So can you both start by introducing yourselves? Um, just tell us a little bit about your connection to Italy, how you come to be living and working in Italy. And I'm going to also put you on the spot. Can you share three things that you most love about Italy? Who'd like to go first? Uh, ladies first. So thank you. And first of all, thank you for having me, Louise. Um, today, it's a, it's a big pleasure to be part uh, on your po- podcast. So my name is Isabel, I'm German by birth, Italian by marriage and international by heart. So I'm a business consultant and for more than 20 years I worked in fashion retail and industry as well as for international consumer good brands. So my whole life changed when I bumped into my Italian husband 17 years ago in a store in Bologna. So then I started to commute between Germany and Italy and I understood uh, the differences between uh, the two cultures and the two lives. And I found also 
that it's not as easy to settle into the Italian life as it may seem. So I thought, okay, blame it on me. I'm obviously not so flexible to adapt. But having spoken then to many international families arriving uh, in Italy, I understood. So that was not only my case, that was not only me, but it seems to be a pattern behind. So obviously it's not as easy to settle in. And I helped and supported uh, expert spouses and these families with all my heart and passion because I went through the same thing uh, until a friend of mine, she told me, so why don't you start a business around it? And so I did. And shortly before the pandemic, I founded uh, Guide Expert, helping, to, uh, helping the international newcomers coming to Italy to have a softer landing, to get settled, to get so the support they might need so that they can start their life, their new chapter here in a, in a proper and smooth way. So after, after Guide Expert, I also um, co-founded the Italian chapter of the Here We Are a global community to create this community, to create a place where Italians and internationals can meet for uh, professional-wise, to have a network, to learn together, to, to find working opportunities, uh, etc. Fantastic. So Isabel, I'm going to put you on the spot there. Can you share three things that you most love about Italy? Oh, sure. <laughs> First of all, uh, of course, my husband being Italian, so there's no doubt of it, number one. <laughs> and secondly, I would say uh, the Italians being uh, having these uh, kindness and friendliness and warmth. And uh, they are just uh, human beings to, to love, I, I always say. <laughs> and, um, and the third thing I would say I would like, I would love to quote uh, Giuseppe Verdi, having said in his opera, you may have the universe if I may have Italy, which is <laughs> summarizing, I think, perfectly. You cannot just say one thing about Italy. It's all. It's all about the beauty, the culture, the story, the food, the people, uh, the fashion. So everything in one, in one place. And I think that's the, the special thing that, yeah, that I love about Italy. And I might not Lovely. be the only one. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Well, I love that description and that quote. Thank you for sharing that. Okay, so Daniel, tell us a little bit about how you come to be living in Italy and what are your three, the three things that you love about Italy, to Italy too. Thank you, Louise. Well, that's a tough act to follow, uh, <laughs> Isabel, particularly with those... Uh, memorable quotes which are which are something to remember for sure look uh, thanks first of all louise for having me on your podcast it's really a pleasure to be here today and appreciate that um so uh similar to isabel i was thinking that love uh, was the culprit once again that brought me to italy um my wife's italian uh and we moved here about 10 years ago um prior to that um, I've lived and worked in five different countries as an expat, so I know what the appreciate well as uh, what the expat experience is like and what it takes to attempt to move and settle in different countries. Um, and I was born in Australia myself, 
And, uh, and despite being in five different countries, we decided to settle here around 10 years ago. And we've got our children, Alex and Vivienne, who go to Italian schools here in Milan. Um, and we wouldn't have it any other way. So in terms of my professional career, I run a financial planning and a property advice business, largely for expats and international uh, people who arrive in Italy, helping them to helping individuals and families that are to move, move here, uh, to live here and retire to Italy as well. Uh, I'm licensed uh, in the Italian environment to provide financial advice here. And I'm a past president of the British Chamber of Commerce for Italy. Um, now, I agree, I have to agree with what Isabel was saying about uh, adjustment as well. It's not so easy to adjust to a, a new country, and, and the same is true for Italy. Even though it's a beautiful country, it has so much going for it, I'm sure we're going to touch on all those things today. Um, it's not the same to live in it uh, full-time as it is to holiday in Italy. Um, so there, there definitely is some adjustment that needs to take place, and I hope that today's podcast is going to help a lot of people appreciate that and get some great advice to, to overcome and to settle really well. Um, okay, so three things that I love about Italy. Can't go past the absolute abundance of natural beauty and the, and the cultural diversity throughout the whole country. There's just such a variety, variety to experience from coastal areas to lakes to mountains to hills to um you name it italy's got it um and the and the culture is as diverse as well the the history of and, and the cultural uh depth around the country that you'll find and, and uh, is amazing so that's definitely uh, one thing uh that i love um aside from that the creativity of the people, you know, particularly in trying circumstances throughout the ages, Italians have always been creative. We, you know, we all know histories. We can probably all name three great Italian poets, you know, creators, lovers, designers, uh, mm -hmm. even great Italian brands that have been exported around the world. So I think Italians are renowned for that creativity and you can see it uh, once you are here for a while, even with the, in the people, the friends uh, that you meet. Um, and, and I guess the third thing might be their, their passion, uh, the Italian passion, which expresses itself through, you know, the food, the local traditions, um, the stories that are told and retold, uh, and their pride in, in, in those things, and, and which is also very local pride you'll just discover if you travel anytime throughout Italy. Mm. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for those two introductions. Um, you've definitely kind of, I, I think I'd like to come and live in the city. It's already sold. Well, you're welcome. As, but actually, as, as you said that, it made me realise how, um, yeah, being, not being able to travel at the moment yeah. really does kind of hit home when you sure. start thinking about, yeah, another country which I would love to, to visit. Um, so you said a really important thing there, Daniel, about um, moving um, to live somewhere is very different from moving to or, or going on holiday. And I think that's a really important point to underline um, for anyone who's thinking about Italy because they've once had a lovely holiday in Italy. Okay, you know, obviously that means that they know a bit about Italy, but um, living there is very different. And you've kind of given a sense for the culture from in talking about the three things that you love. But um, is there something else you think people need to know about the culture if they're really thinking about moving to live or work or retire in Italy? 
Um, well, absolutely. Uh, when when you say culture, I think of sort of two different aspects to culture. I, I think of the one I touched on before, which is you know ancient culture and the customs, the festivities, and things that you I think you'll grow to love as as a, as a newcomer to this country as well. And they're they're abundant and they're everywhere. And I, and I think of culture. I think of that kind of thing. Um, I also think about the differences in culture between the north and the south. Um, they are uh, well known different differences in styles of of living between the north and the south. And for example, the uh, work orientation is quite different. You know, there's a history of young people travelling from the south to the north for work. And in Milan, in some of the northern cities, there really is. Uh, a real work uh, ambition, I suppose, or a higher level of ambition and, and, and performance. And, you know, uh, and in Milan, for example, is equivalent to any other major international city in terms of their approach to working life. Whereas down south and the further south you go, the culture and the environment is, is quite different and, and the, the approach and dedication to work is, is not the same. The culture is much more about quality of life and, and how you spend your time. And then the other aspect of culture I was thinking about is, of course, the day-to-day culture, not just kind of what's there is, is the context, but what you experience in the day-to-day attitudes of the people, you know, how they deal with adversity, their, their daily habits and their tendencies and that kind of thing. Um, and, and I'm sure we're going to touch on a few of those today. Um, but they're, they're the things that you'll notice, first of all, I guess, when you start living and working in Italy. I'm sure that uh, uh, Isabel, well, we will have a few of these to add in there, but I'll give you a couple that relate to meeting people and business connections. So um, we started a, a business lunch experience, Louise, about four or five years ago. We called right. it, we called it uh, Milan Business Lunch, and we, had, we wanted to have an international flavour to the group. We, we had a mixture. We had both Italians and uh people that didn't come from didn't weren't born in Italy but came from other countries and I remember at the beginning of that talking to Italians and others about how they network and meet new people and and what I came to discover about the Italian culture is that um, for most Italians their network is kind of um, obtained when they're born and I think there's this Mm -hmm. real belief that their network is in and amongst their current family network which may in fact be a family business as well because Italy is full of so many family businesses. But, you know, maybe within my uncle's network, my aunties, my father's and, and my mother's. And so therefore, you know, going to like a hotel restaurant and having a meal and handing a business card straight into to someone that you just met uh, to meet them or do business potentially is something that is quite uncomfortable and not, not familiar at all to, to the Italians. So I just I just pick up the the last thing that uh, Daniel said about family because I think one of uh, the Italian the Italian culture is based on a number of pillars and a, a very strong and important pillar for sure is the family the family and its central role in the Italian life so including frequent family gatherings even once children are in reach adulthood. So children are also encouraged often to maintain extremely close ties to the family, to stay also, not to, to move away so far. So um, it's very common that the children, they keep also their friendships from early childhood days. So all about these network that Daniel uh, just brought up. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's these network that you, that you, 
get when you when you are born and that you acquire acquire and then you keep it and i think that's also that might also be a reason why it's challenging to get into the social network of uh, of italians because they it's it's not something uh, it's something a bit special so they have this grow network and it's very important to keep all these relationship and then people from uh, other countries other cities they come in so they are first uh, a little bit uh, let's say checked so um, and that's why it's a bit challenging to to get into the um, deeper circle let's let's mm. call it like this so that's maybe uh, an explanation and uh, yes the close relationships for sure uh, are essential to live and to do business um, to rely on persons who are known by a friend or family is uh, yeah is crucial i think it's 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 really important so uh, it's always beneficial if you have a well if you know a well connected person who can establish the right introductions on yeah on your behalf i think well, so um, you've really given some fascinating insights into Italy and the Italian culture, from the beauty and geography of the country to the rich and diverse culture, along with perhaps some of the more challenging aspects for newcomers and their adjustment and integration in terms of the somewhat tight family and business networks. And I can really see how finding connected people to help with necessary introductions could be really helpful. So for people listening who are contemplating a move to Italy, what do you believe are the three or four most important factors they should be considering in terms of whether to make this important move or not? That's a good question. Um, and, and in some respects, coming from my world, of course, where I'm helping people with property and finances and legal issues and immigration and that kind of thing, my first thoughts are, especially for people that are looking depending on what you're looking to do, I guess, if you're looking to work, uh, retire, uh, work remotely, um, uh, be with family or return to family, I think your motivations are going to be very different. Mm. Um, so we, we should perhaps preempt each chat with what the purpose might be for someone looking at coming here. Um, naturally, the, one of the first things you people think about is, you know, do I have the financial capacity? Is it financially feasible for me to come to Italy? And what am I going to find when I arrive in Italy in terms of my ability to look after myself and my family's future. Um, so that's a very important thing to consider. And I'd say before you leave, um, you don't want to arrive in Italy, for example, saying I'm going to sort that out when I get there. I'll look for work when I get there or I'll go to the local, you know, uh, government or whatever about how it's going to treat my pension, et cetera. You know, I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> I recommend that people get prepared before you go. And there, there are people that can help you do that. And there are professionals that can help you to do it, which I, again, uh, I would highly recommend you, you use a professional or someone that's qualified because there is a lot of information. Um, I mean, there's a lot of romanticism around Italy and excitement. And I think that people sometimes therefore may, um, obtain their information from online or from a newspaper or article or what have you about how things operate, which may, may not necessarily be as accurate as you need to, to make a, you know, a, a life decision like moving to, to the country. So you need to, to get professional assistance. Um, there's a couple of things that are topical right now in Italy that might help people considering whether to move. And, and that is uh, 
there's some taxation concessions right now for people coming to work, whether you're self-employed or whether you're employed um, by an employer, you uh, are entitled to uh, tax-free concessions for at least five years. So, for example, uh, um, uh, somebody working in, in Italy that hasn't been resident in Italy for the past two years um, can have 70% of their, of their income exempt from tax for the first five years that they're in Italy which is quite a wow. concession. <laughs> that is yes. a concession, yes. Exactly. And that increases to, to 90% tax-free if they move to the southern parts of Italy or if they work within a particular sector, and that's typically research um, or, or universities uh, and that kind of thing. So um, I'm not going to be able to give you all the details of the, the uh, program now, but just to touch lightly on it generally, there's also um, for retirees, there's a there's a 7% tax rate plan for nine years where any of your foreign income and foreign pensions are taxed at a flat rate of 7%, uh, which is much better than the normal income progressive rates that would apply on employment income in normal times. Mm. So again, that's that's a program that the government has created to encourage people to retire and move to Italy. There's also a specific program for high net worth people who may have existing businesses and wealth outside of Italy, decide they want to move to or retire in Italy, um, and Italy offers the chance to pay just a one lump sum amount of tax each year, and they don't have to declare all their other details of what they have outside the country, which is, which is relatively new. They haven't done that before. That just started a couple of years ago. Um, but it's, again, another program to to encourage people. So people should, if, if they believe they might qualify for any of these concessions, look into them carefully, uh, just decide whether that can help you decide about moving to, to Italy. Um, uh, separately, if you, obviously your living conditions are going to be very important. Where are you going to live? Are you going to buy? Are you going to rent? Um, a lot of people recommend that you come along and rent for a little while first to get a feeling of the place that you want to live in, you know, whether that's north or south, by the coast or not, etc., um, And then buy a little later if you're willing to, to buy. Um, but you can also buy before you come to Italy. So I'm helping some clients buy first and then move later or retire later. And that's quite possible. There's no law that uh, especially precludes that as long as um, Italy has a reciprocal agreement with the country you're coming from that allows you to buy property. And that is, that is the case for at least 160 countries or so. Um, but when you buy uh, in Italy, the, a couple of things just uh, we can mention in this podcast is that the property at, right now is very affordable and relative to lots of other countries where people are considering moving from. So, for example, in the UK over the last 10 years, I know that property prices have <laughs> risen, you know, 30 or 40% over 10 years, whereas in Italy, um, in many places, the, the prices are still depressed to the tune of 20 or 30% lower than they were 10 years ago. You know, because unfortunately, Italy's uh, has not grown as, a, as an economy positively for, for those 10 years. And so therefore, uh, well, that's one of the impacts, but the prices of property have stayed the same or still a little less than they were 10 years ago. So that means you could potentially take a profit or a gain from selling a property in another country bring it to Italy and, and you could um, afford, you know, quite a generous property, you know, in the, in the, in the location that you desire. So that, that's one thing to, to take into account as well. 
Thanks, Daniel. Some really good information there from a financial perspective. And I love that you encourage people to start by considering the question of financial feasibility and capacity. And I would also like to underline the importance of checking how the financial incentives that Daniel's mentioned apply to your personal situation. You know, really check this out, taking professional advice if necessary, to be absolutely clear on how it would all apply to your personal circumstances. Now, we're going to come back to you, Daniel, to talk more about the visa situation in Italy, which is obviously a really important place to start in your relocation investigations. But for now, let's go to you, Isabel. I know you have more to share on some other perspectives to consider when considering a move to Italy. Yes, and I just wanted wanted to start to say, um, before you move to Italy, have a kind of realistic approach towards the country. As Daniel already said, it's not that you're going to make holidays there. You want to stay, you want to live for some years there. So just to be, so, so to match the expectations, so not to be deluded. It will be different uh, life. Uh, it's not a holiday life it's a it you can make a beautiful life out of it but you have to know a bit um, how that should work and you should not put these um, pink classes on and you would say okay everything is gonna be sorted out but I think um, starting from the beginning with a realistic approach and have a kind of plan and um, with the, for the important issues, go to the experts. Don't trust these not original sources. There is a lot of things um, where you think you get for free, where people can help you. But I would always encourage people for really important issues like taxes, like uh, legal considerations, like um, employment visas, really to reach out for, for, for expert persons. And um, health, I think, of course, is an important topic, uh, even unfortunately, even more important in, in this period we are in. Um, and also there, I always encourage people to be informed Ask, your, ask the company that is hiring you, ask the relocation support. So what kind of health um, support do I have? Because it's different if you are um, a member in the national health system, then you have your family doctor, you have your pediatrician, you have a kind of uh, setup for services. And above all, you can use uh, privately medical services. But in case you don't have this uh, tessera sanitario for the, for the national health system, you cannot go to any doctor and say, okay, here I am, I would like to use your services. But there is a special setup of doctors that you can use, uh, special ho um, hospitals that you can pay privately. So it's just, you know, to be aware of your situation, especially if you, if you arrive here with a family. And I saw many families arriving and then of course somebody got ill and they just wanted to, to reach out for the next doctor and it didn't work because many, um, many companies in these days for their expats, they don't let their managers register in the national health system. So um, 
it just, you know, to, to take that stress out, to give you this relief, uh, to be informed, to be prepared, and really to, to challenge the company to say, okay, what is my setup? What are my rights? Where can, where can I go to? Who are my go-to persons um, in, in these COVID times at the beginning? So there was a lot of confusion because people didn't know where to go to make a swap. Now everything uh, got a bit better, but nevertheless, ask, 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 and be informed so that you are in a, in a, in a more serene position so that you are, uh, you don't have to wait for the, for the emergencies, but you know how is your setup. So mm -hmm. uh, that's really something really, really important. Can, can I ask on that, Isabel? So is, yes. Do companies have an option, and depending on the visa that workers come into the country on? I know in the UK, people on visas pay a sort of national health premium, which buys them the right to use the national health service in the UK. Is it the same in Italy that people can do that? So it's, yeah, yeah, but it's depending on the on the on the company what the company is. So the company, deciding, yeah, yeah, decides yeah. how they and want to support. Yeah, and it's especially for it's of course to reduce admin reasons. There are many reasons behind, but mm -hmm. uh, if you decide, uh, if the company is deciding like this for any reasons, but just inform the the families how to move and how to which kind of services they can they can use because they come mm -hmm. with little children and they don't speak the language and they are really in the in in the confusion so i got a lot of mm -hmm. phone calls mm -hmm. can you help me where can i go uh, i need this doctor i need this hospital but uh, who has a, a proper service and uh, mm -hmm. even more maybe to to speak in english so that's really something I always uh, recommend to yeah, challenge the companies that hire you, challenge them and ask for, for the support and for the information so that yeah. you know how to help. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Thanks for that. Um, any other areas that you think, Isabel, people should be thinking about? Yeah. Of course, bureaucracy is also something where, you know, it's existing. And don't believe mm -hmm. uh, that it's a that it's an easy one. You have to be patient. You have to be aware of it. So I saw many, uh, for example, Germans arriving here and thinking, "Oh, it cannot be worse than in Germany." But obviously, um, it's as let's say it's comparable. There is a lot of um, of bureaucracy always, also a bit confusing. Rules are changing. Um, Again, here, a lot of information to be found a bit of everywhere. And you have really to, to sort things out to, be, to, to get a, a proper setup. And um, I would like to, to um, speak about one subject, the education, because Italy has a very good educational system. And um, if you're coming from abroad as, a, as an international family, it doesn't need that you have always to look for international schools, but it can also, there's, there are really uh, fantastic school, Italian schools, public schools, private schools. And it's really depending on the individual setup where you, which you have, the age of the children, how long will you stay? So for example, arriving here with a toddler of three and knowing that you will stay for three more years. So it might be also useful to think about the option um, 
to to put the child into an Italian school, a scuola materna, mm -hmm. so that you also get in touch a bit more with the Italian families, with the Italian life, so you are not so in this expat bubble. So that gives you also a possibility to to have another touch point of uh, of the real real life. I call it. Yeah, that's a really important, and I think that's a really valuable point because one of my great regrets, and actually my now 15-year-old daughter, but who was a baby, well, I had her, she was born on, we were living in the island of Madeira, and she, I put her into an international school, um, and she didn't ever really learn Portuguese, and she's furious with me now because it would have been so easy to have put her into one of the very, very good, you know, local crashes and nurseries and she would have just picked up the language so yeah I would say to parents listening sometimes it can feel a bit as though you're exposing your child and you're know, going to make their life tough because they've got to learn the language but actually they'll absorb it and hardly notice whilst they're doing it if you're putting them in at a very young age and and what a huge benefit that is to them in later life because I've seen the difference between my younger daughter who therefore didn't learn I mean she did learn to speak Portuguese on the island but she lost it quite quickly whereas my eldest daughter who was just a bit older and was taught in Portuguese you know it has had a massive impact on her language capacity going forward um, so something yeah that's really worth thinking about definitely yeah Exactly for the children and also for the parents because they are mm -hmm. they are in touch uh, with uh, with Italian families so they are yes. you know and the children they play together so they 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 get to know each other and I think this is also very natural possibility and opportunity to to know a bit more about the Italian culture and about mm -hmm. uh, the Italian real life how I call it yeah uh, yeah I agree I have to agree we our children go to Italian schools as well and it's it's it, they just walk to the school 10 or 15 minutes from here but it's respected um in, in its quality and they're part of the local community as a result and they can mm. go to the local church and you meet local people play with the the kids play with the other you know with the italians and in, in the park on weekends and that kind of thing so it really helps i think it helps from an integration perspective there's no doubt yes definitely definitely Great. So um, any other areas, Isabel, that you think we should highlight? Well, I think uh, Daniel talked about a lot about uh, housing and um, that part. I would only say um, also there, if you are a tenant, if you're going to rent an apartment, being an expat family, an international uh, family, also there, check very well about the duties and the, and the rights as a tenant. They are different, uh, very different. And make sure that you don't have bad surprises at the end. So also here, reach out for somebody who may check that everything is according the rules so that you get back the, the money deposit uh, that you have to do at the beginning and that you have a, a smooth um, repatriation than leaving Italy. So mm -hmm. also this is something I would like to, to point out, to take care. Yeah, I think that's really important, having <laughs> signed many of these contacts over the years and, yeah, having expert advice and being sure that you yeah. understand what's contained. Exactly, really and you, you might not speak the language. And so mm. it's, very, mm. it's very challenging to, to read also between the lines and to, to get all the, the real content. So I definitely yeah. would. 
would underline that too. If I could uh, um, chip in there quickly, I, mm. I, I totally agree that that's essential. We, we knew that if we didn't have some help and we moved into our apartment here in Milan 10 years ago, even though my wife is Italian and everything, we, I could sense that we could have very easily made a mistake and I didn't know some of the basics at all um, and my wife wasn't sure after being away from Italy for so many years. So, mm. for example, one of them is the standard lease contract uh, for, for a property is four years and oh, wow. and there's an optional four-year extension and that is expected and the right of every tenant to, to sign up and stay for four years. So... That, that's quite a length of time to commit to. So it, it doesn't mean necessarily that you have to, but it might mean the place you find that you love, uh, you might find out only at contract stage that the landlord is expecting that long-term commitment. So you've really got to be prepared. Right. And so that's something you need to be discussing up front or just aware of and bring in at the right point? <laughs> well, I think thinking... you, well, well, I think if you've got someone to help you, it's all the more easier because they identify yeah. the right properties with the landlords and agents that uh, cater to, to your needs so right. that you, you don't make that mistake yourself. Yeah, yeah, no good point. Thank you for that. Okay, and um, what about visas? I mean, I, gosh, I know this is a really complicated <laughs> topic, but I think for people who are thinking about moving to Italy and, um, and, and want to work, so find employment, I mean, the first point was, yeah, take, think about this right from the beginning before you move don't move to then find employment um, unless mm. you have I guess good resources financial resources to tide you over mm. but then you're still going to need a visa so yeah talk us through just some of the broad visa categories and how sure. people should go about thinking about this sure um I actually presented on this so I was talking about property in a, in a completely different seminar about uh Four weeks ago and a few days before the event louise they said oh do you mind speaking about visas as well <laughs> <laughs> and how they're required so i'm going to start this off by saying by all means that doesn't mean that i'm a uh, immigration mm. uh, law expert okay so take this as general information only and you should really get specific professional help uh yeah. when it comes to your situation and i'm fortunate that i know a really good dual uh, bilingual, should I say, um, uh, immigration lawyer um, that, that covers Italy and he can explain very, very well the visa categories and options for people if they need that. Mm -hmm. But what I could say from a general point of view is clearly those of you who are in the fortunate position where your company is relocating you to Italy or you've, you've, uh, you've been successful for a job that's located in Italy, uh, normally their department is going to be looking after the visa process for you mm -hmm. with, with the government and there won't be too much you have to do except, you know, sign the correct documents, provide the right identification evidences and that kind of thing and be aware about um, when visas expire and what the conditions are around them. Now, if you're not in that position and you uh, are in Italy and you're looking for work or um, you want to come and find work or you want to come and work a business as a self-employed, well, then you, you need to apply for a work visa. And the reality in Italy is that there's a limited amount of work visas allocated each year. There's actually a number limit to an amount of work visas and they can be used up fairly quickly. So it, there, is a, there is a risk that if you come in the later part of the year, any given year, that there's just not enough work visas left. 
Um, so that that is a real phenomenon people need to be aware of. And there's there's a reason for that. And it's the, the Italian government essentially wants to give priority naturally to its local born citizens, right? To its, and, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and so they want to, and the, the unemployment rate is relatively high, especially amongst young people in Italy. And mm-hmm. so um, it's not so, so straightforward to come and, and, and obtain a work visa. Mm-hmm. Uh, you normally have to prove within your application that you're uh, the most suitable for the role and an, an, an equivalent Italian national can't be found for that particular role, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So work visas can be complicated. So all the better if you've got the employer ready to go, put it that way, yeah. Um, yeah. but not impossible. And and I think that the system is gradually becoming more flexible as well for self-employed people. If you're running a business, clearly your business has a greater chance of being unique, Um mm-hmm. I believe. Now, there's uh, other visas, though, in other categories. There's student visas, of course. You can enrol in, a, in an institution and obtain a student visa. Um, there's retiree-oriented visas. Um, and there's an investor visa. Um, okay. And before I just lightly touch on those, of course, the, the overarching consideration is whether you're an EU citizen or not. Mm-hmm. So if you happen to be an EU citizen, and a lot of people find and have found over the last 12, 18 months, particularly with relation to Brexit, that they've actually got some Irish in the family. Right? <laughs> yes, we have been searching for those links. Yes, yes. it's amazing, actually, what people have managed to uncover. <laughs> exactly. All of a sudden, haven't spoken about it for 10 years, and all of a sudden, <laughs> there's actually Irish in my family. So if uh, it's, it sounds strange, but I've also had people come to me and say, well, actually, we can get Maltese citizenship. Yeah. Know, with Malta, okay. And they, yeah, they'll be living in Britain, mm-hmm. living in, in the UK all their life, um, and then they say, well, actually, I can get a Maltese. And I, and I mm. say, well, you should have told me. That's, <laughs> that's fantastic <laughs> because once you're an EU citizen, of course, the process is much uh, easier to yeah. stay beyond three months, um, be registered at a local comune in Italy, provide um, some information. You've got to show that you've got some savings in the bank and that you've got uh, health insurance for a year, but someone moving from Ireland, Malta, Belgium, France, etc can much more easily have a right to stay in, in, mm. in Italy. Now, for those that are non-EU citizens, uh, you know, the best place to start is still with a family history check, just in case there is any a- Italian ancestry. <laughs> um, and if that is not to be found, uh, then, yeah, we're talking about the visas I mentioned earlier. So, so outside of the work visa, the next most common one, I can tell you, for people who the people that can support themselves already before they come to Italy, okay? And if you can do that, uh, you might be a pre-retiree or retiree, or you might be self-employed, but you're earning good income. And um, you can apply for the elective residence visa, it's called. Mm-hmm. And that is actually an annually renewable visa, but um, it enables uh, movement. And after one year, you can actually apply for a work visa. They can supplement your elective residence visa with a work visa. Mm-hmm. It was originally intended for not working, but that has actually just recently changed. Um so it doesn't mean that you should be working uh, from the first day in a job, that you have to apply for a work visa for that situation. But if you arrive as someone that's not working, after being here for 12 months, the law has changed to allow you to then apply for a work visa, which is an interesting latest development. So that, with that, just kind of, I'm just thinking about company employees who move with partners. So if a partner arrives without a visa initially, does this then perhaps give them a right after a year to look for a work visa? Uh, if they've got the elective residence visa, 
Yeah, okay. Depends on the type of visa. They probably may not have that. They may instead no. have a partner visa that's associated with the work visa. Right, um, okay. But, mm-hmm. again, if, if people need more specific information than that, then they should get appropriate mm-hmm. advice. Um, and finally, the investor visa. Of course, by the sounds of it, um, that's the most flexible of all <laughs> because uh, <laughs> if you can invest in Italy uh, up to the amounts that uh, – Italy have set those investment amount thresholds, then you can get the ability to move and work all around the Schengen states in Italy for uh, a renewable two-year visa is that one. But it requires investment um, into Italy and the lowest threshold is a €250,000 investment into an Italian startup. Um, and that's not, you know, that's actually recently come down. It used to be a minimum of 500000 Okay. Um, so, you know, startup businesses who may want to start their uh, their own business from Italy would, would apply or you could invest, be an investor in someone else's startup mm-hmm. in Italy. Mm-hmm. That's the lowest one. And there's a couple of other um, ways to, to, to achieve the investor visa if you, if you invest with Italy into Italian listed companies, 500,000 euros, then you could get a visa or into Italian government bonds with 2 million euros. Uh, or if you have a, you happen to be a philanthropist and you, you invest from a philanthropic basis and you invest a million euros in, in Italy, you can also get the investor visa. So right. that's that's a quick whistle-stop tour of all the visas. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Brilliant. Okay. And but underlined by, yeah, seek professional help and advice Absolutely. to meet, yeah, ensure that you're meeting your circumstances. Um, brilliant. So just to finish, in terms of moving um, to Italy, you know, some, what, what do you see people facing as the biggest challenges? I mean, you, Isabel, you talked about adjustment and the fact that mm. you know it's not a holiday and it takes longer. So I, I, I would highlight that as one, definitely. I think that's relevant to moving pretty much anywhere. Um, and often we think it's going to be a much easier and quicker process <laughs> than it is. So to set expectations realistically around that. And any other challenges that you see people regularly coming up against as they mm-hmm. move to so, Italy? So a really a common challenge uh, of expert spouses is to have the social integration and the professional realisation. So they are two challenges um, first to find a kind of a tribe, a group of like-minded persons with whom you can share your experiences to build up your own valid network where to connect socially or professionally, a kind of safe place where you feel understood. So you reach um, to have a community where you can reach out that is resonating with you and your current life situation. I call it like it's a, it's a base camp. So... Mm-hmm where you always can go back and you share your experiences, then you can go out and then you can try something out and then you can share again. So until you are, you feel confident maybe also to, to, to lead this community and, and, and go your own way. But I think it's, it's a challenge for many to find this first community where they really feel um, comfortable. And obviously, it's not only an expat uh, challenge. I talked uh, to a lot of Italian repats who have been away from the country for 10, 15 years, and they don't fit neither in these traditional patterns anymore. So also mm-hmm. they, they say, 
Where's our community? Where are our like-minded persons we would like to hang out with too, to, to, to do something together, to, to share, to find a job or to, to, um, to grow, to learn. So where's our, where's our place? Where's our space? And um, um, coming back to these uh, historical friendships in Italy. So once you left Uh, maybe your hometown and you live for many years abroad and then life brings you back to another Italian city where you don't have these network and it's really hard because mm -hmm. you, you don't have your old network you don't have a new ne network so that's what the, the, the repatriates told me that they are also struggling with And not only socially, but also professionally. And let's talk about uh, the so-called dual career couples. There are so many uh, spouses who come here to Italy with enormous careers on their shoulders, speaking three to five languages, and they struggle to find a proper job. Mm. So um, to, to, to support them and to, to direct, them to help them to find uh, a good idea or to have also a kind of network that they can reach out professional network and to uh, to get support and to help to find a, to find their career here in Italy or to build up a portable business if they have to to leave after one two years uh, to another country so That's obviously um, also something, uh, let's, let's call it a big challenge that uh, expat partners um, face coming to Italy. Yes, and I think it's a problem that expat partners face around the world as well. And um, yeah, one that really everyone should take seriously and really give some deep consideration to before embarking on such a move so investigating potential opportunities perhaps beforehand and and just thinking about you know the different possibilities and how they feel about those different possibilities because absolutely um, it's not always easy to find work um or work that's yeah fulfilling and and meets professional sort of you know, expectations i suppose in a, in a different country Yes, and of yeah. course there is the there is also the salary difference uh, mm -hmm. in Italy. Yeah. Of course, uh, we, we know about that. So they come, they might come from from countries where they were used for much better payment. So, yeah, there are there are some things that that make them struggle. And uh, slowly, surely, we can see some some steps moving in the right direction, but I, I think we are still far behind uh, now in the situation. So let's, uh, let's hope for the future that it becomes a bit better and more opportunities. And also that the companies understand that they have a talent pool here, that they have really talented people who come here and who they could use. So mm -hmm. if I'm an automotive company, And I have hired um, a manager with a, with a highly qualified uh, uh, spouse. I might not want that she, she uh, works in the same company, but maybe in another multinational company um, close by where she really could bring a great, uh, great input, where she can really realize uh, a, a great career. And the, these thinking, uh, I don't see it yet. So right. that's what, yeah. If I could, um, if yeah, I could chip in there, mm -hmm. um, because I, I agree with everything that you're saying, um, Isabel, and 
that, that these are the challenges. I mean, Louise, you asked for the challenges that people uh, will need to face and, and perhaps mm. adjust to in Italy. So it's good to be prepared, um, I suppose, and this podcast is one great way to do that. Um, and also groups, I guess, like the, the we, Here We Are Global, Here We Are Italy, where people are discussing constantly these kinds of challenges for expat partners, right, and how they can be a part of a community that can come up with new and innovative solutions and way of being and living in, in Italy. Um, I'd like to, on the, trying to be or focusing on the, the positive side of things, one thing that we are all waiting for is how Italy is going to invest this 200 billion euros of funds that are coming from the EU, right, and that are being uh, invested soon into the, the Italian economy. And I know for a fact that a lot of that, um, a lot of those funds are going to go into green policies, sustainable investment policies, and into digitalization. And then and a large amount will go into education and research and infrastructure. So that tells me that there's got to be these sectors here that are going to have demand for, uh, for, for talented people to, mm. to fulfill the goals and objectives of this funding. So mm-hmm. it's, it, I, I, I'm, I, use, I want to take this opportunity to kind of look forward and say it hasn't been like this, but then again, not that anyone wanted the crisis, but what will come out of it is a huge injection of funding that Italy hasn't seen before. Um, so I, I, I genuinely hope that does translate to a much better picture, especially in these sectors where Italy will be investing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Well, that sounds like a very- positive positive note to end the challenges <laughs> <laughs> section on and and I'm really conscious of time so I think we're gonna have to bring it bring this conversation to a to a close but um is there anything else that you feel people really need to know before we finish oh yes um, uh, yeah there, well, there's, there's <laughs> plenty more where that came from we need a, we need a book <laughs> <on this subject. laughs> we should write a book together Louise too. May, may I just make a last a last point Louise this yeah. is really something really important to thrive a life in Italy it's it needs a very simple thing is to learn Italian to learn Italian so that speaking and understanding the Italian language is the key to a successful integration it's the Mm -hmm. key to be part of the Italian life and many are underestimating that fact and they think okay I don't need it and I'm in my expat bubble a bit and I speak English mm. and uh, but if you really want to want to want to have a proper life in Italy and to understand how the Italians are working how the country is working it it is needed to 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 speak Italian and to Mm, to practice it every day in your life when you go shopping when you go to have a coffee um, after the f- third time when you come to the same bar the barkeeper says oh so what's your name where you're coming from they start they are curious they want to know more about you and it's a kind of um, settlement also this one so he will remember how how, how you love your coffee and <laughs> I always say from the moment you enter in a bar and then these guy or that lady uh, they serve you automatically your coffee, call you with your name, then you are done. You know, okay, this is my little happy home place here in Italy. So I made the first, <laughs> the first step. So Brilliant. it happened also to me. Yeah. So it's it's something I really would like to to underline to 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 learn the beautiful Italian language, which is not easy, but it's worth it. 
Yeah, I, I agree. And and those daily rituals are so important to the to the Italians and that's how you can quickly engage with them is being being a part of them and, and doing some of the things that the, the Italians do. Well, thank you so much, Daniel and Isabel. I think finishing on that lovely additional insight to Italian culture is a really great way to bring this conversation to a close. Now, we've covered a huge amount of content, um, hugely informative and helpful, but perhaps listeners will have further questions for you. So how can they connect with you? Daniel, if you'd like to go first. They can email me. I've, I've made it easy, even though I, I provide a number of different services. Just use my name, which is, you know, daniel at danielshilato.com. Okay. Uh, is probably the easiest. Shilato, S-H-I-L-L-I-T-O. So daniel at danielshilato.com is probably the, the best, most direct way to do it. Brilliant. Thank you, Daniel. And Isabel? Oh, yes. Also, also me via, via email. It's uh, isabel at guideexpat.com. Or you can have a look in the Instagram or LinkedIn. So on these socials, I'm also happy to connect. Brilliant. Great. Thank you so much for sharing so much. I'm sure it's going to be very helpful to people who are thinking about Italy as a place for a new home. So thanks so much for your help, your, your time today. You're welcome. It's been great to be here. Thank you. Exactly. Thank you so much, Louise. And thank you so much for listening. So to access the blog post and the show notes, go to thrivingabroad.com and look for episode 86. In the blog post and the show notes, you will find a huge number of resources that will help you as you think about your possible or definite, depending on where you are in the decision-making process, move to Italy. You'll also find more details about Isabel and Daniel there, so you can then look at their websites and connect further with them if you wish. So that's all for today. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation. Wherever you are in the world, take care and stay safe. Bye-bye for now. <laughs>